Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. What's up, everybody? Welcome again. So glad you're with us. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here. I want to welcome our online community and all of our physical locations throughout Philadelphia. We love you so much. You're in for a great word. Uh, today, we're in a series, week two of Essential. Hope you really were blessed and encouraged last week. Uh, but before I get into God's word today, I want to let you know something special coming up. Next week is Mother's Day. And, and, and I don't want you to forget mom. So this is me helping you. Uh, husbands and and people uh, get ready. My wife is preaching next week. Come on, somebody. Going to be awesome. So you're going to love that. Don't miss that. All right, so we are in this series essential, and last week we started it. I talked about these golf balls representing you and these empty boxes representing opportunities for God to use you to build God's kingdom and his house. And so uh, uh, that's what we're doing, essential. What is essential? Well, it's essential uh, that we serve God with our life. It's, it's, it's not only essential that we build God's house, but God's house actually builds us. And so serving becomes essential for us. So that's what we're getting into week two. And uh, you know what I love? I love said no one ever jokes. Those are fun. Uh, I saw a few this week. This one's great. Uh, Wish you'd talk more about yourself, said no one ever. Uh, Treat me to a motel, (laughs) said no one ever. Show me your prison cell, said no one ever. <laughs> yeah, love is always real on reality TV, said no one ever. Uh, sucks to be rich, <laughs> said no one ever. Oh, I love talking politics, said no one ever. I want to marry the guy who whistled at me from his car, said no <laughs> Someone's like, oh no, I, I did marry that person. Well, <laughs> well I got all those problems. No, I'm messing. All right, so, so here's something that you don't hear every day. I, I, I want to be a priest, said no one ever. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be offensive. I mean, it, it, you know, some people, but it's rare. It's rare. And, uh, and so I, I actually, the title of my message today is, so you want to be a priest, said no one ever. And uh, just so we can really get into it, I've provided you a few pictures of me uh, as a priest. Here you go. <laughs> l- l- look at these photos. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm dressed. I'm ready. I'm. <laughs> I don't know what happens. We used to be Catholic. No, no offense to Catholics. Um, so I want to go to a passage, 1 Peter 2, verse 5, uh, and I'm going to read this, and then I'm, you'll realize I'm not making fun of uh, priest or Catholicism. You'll, you'll realize something different. 1 Peter 2, 5, uh, Bible says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. All right, so here's the thing. If you're a Christian, 
You are actually a priest. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, if you believe he's the son of God, the resurrected king, then you are actually a priest. Now, the difference is, is while some are priests, uh, we don't act like priests. There's responsibility to priesthood. Now, am I saying that uh, you need to wear a robe or a collar uh, or not get married? Not what I'm saying. Uh, but I am saying there's responsibilities to being a priest. And over the next few moments, I'm actually going to help you figure out what that is. So going back to 1 Peter, this is what we see there. We see the, word, we see the, the words living stones. Uh, Christians or Christ followers are living stones. Spiritual temple, this is really your soul. This is where Jesus lives, uh, your body even. Uh, Christians are chosen holy priests, just like Israel was a chosen people with the Levites as the priests. We'll get to that later, okay? So hold that in your mind. Uh, and then spiritual sacrifices, what does that mean? Well, that actually means to serve the Lord and worship the Lord with your body. Okay, so, so that's what this text is. It's basically saying, okay, God's going to build his kingdom through you, through your body, through your acts of service. And on the inside, uh, you have Christ living in you and living through you. Uh, it is a representation uh, of, of what he's called you to, to be a priest uh, in your world, in your home, uh, in your living. So I want to go to the origins of this passage and the imagery we see Peter is using. Uh, it really goes back to the Ark of the Covenant. Here's what it was. It was a gold-plated wooden box that God told Moses to make in the wilderness. On top of it was a lid of two angels or cherubim, and it was, it was pure gold. Uh, two tables of stone sat inside the box with God's law written on them. The Ark represented the presence of God and uh, it was a place where God's people met with him. As the most holy of the articles of worship, it sat in the inner, innermost room of the tabernacle. Okay, so the Israelites, this is what they would do. They would, they, while they were wandering, they would pack up the entire tabernacle, including the Ark of the Covenant, and they would travel in the wilderness and basically, God gave them special rules about how this should happen. So what does this remind you of? Well, uh, well, with the Israelites, they would go to this tent of meeting, if you will, this tent that they would build, and then there would be different curtains, and the ark would be behind this curtain and it where the Holy of Holies was. And this is essentially was this mobile synagogue. It was a mobile church, and they would set it up, they would tear it down. They would create an atmosphere. This is where they would have their services, where they would go worship. Uh, this is where they would go make their holy sacrifices to God. And God was real specific about his instructions with how you carry it, how you treat it. There, there's actually a lot of parallels here. It's interesting. There's a lot of parallels uh, that, that God's like, okay, hey, um, I want you to be real careful with how you move this, how you treat this. Same goes with the church. I want you to be real careful how you treat her. Don't disrespect her. Now, uh, the, the role of the priest, going back to the priest, was vital for God's design for his holy people. And again, more on priests later, but I, I just want you to get the priest thing in, in your mind. Two things to note about this, and I'm really teaching you today. We carry God's presence with us 
And you and I, we don't need a priest or a mediator to get to God. We do, in a sense, Jesus is that, and, and he, he is God, and he takes us to God, if you will, in our prayers. But, but, but you don't need another man or, or person to, to get your prayers to God. We don't need the ark because we are the ark. We, we, God lives in us. Okay, the same special instruction, as I said before, the ark, it parallels the church today. But it does pose the question, why do we need, why do, why do we need the church if the ark or tent of meeting is technically irrelevant for today's needs? If we're the spiritual temple as stated in 1 Peter 1, or 1 Peter 2. Also, why are we priests if there's no ark to carry? These are good questions. Let me, let me address the church thing. Here's the short answer, okay? Besides the Bible and, and God, besides the Bible and God tells us to go to church, basically, you and I are not a golden box, okay? We are failing bodies. Our flesh needs to be combated and spirit needs to be built, which means a church family helps us with this. We are still meant to love God and love people. And where there are people, there is opportunity. The church gathers people. God's point of view is not individualistic. It's communal. Constant references to brothers and sisters, people of God. God sees things in a communal point of view, not an individualistic point of view. God never said stop gathering. We're two or more gathered on there. Jesus' instruction was to build his church. The church is the center for evangelism, for discipleship, instruction, freedom, missions, all of it. Uh, furthermore, uh, we are called the church when we are together, gathered at the church, and when we are dispersed, living as the church. Uh, you can't separate the two. All through the scriptures, with or without the ark, they still built synagogues and temples. Okay, Jesus went to the synagogue, which is our form of church, which means if Jesus went, we should too. Non-Christians come to church to see and experience the life of the believer, to experience the Lord's table. How can they do that in the, in the greater aspect if there's not the church gathering in groups, in homes, as a body in greater, larger gatherings? So because we need the church, we need priests. Right? Think about it. Think about how they did their mobile ministries. Think about how they were church planting before there was church planting. Setting up and tear down. The, the priests did that work. So if, if we need the church, then we need priests. And because believers have a mission and a direct relationship with their maker, we then are priests. Because they couldn't get to God without the priest. But now we have Christ Jesus, the high priest, who has knighted us, if you will, as priests. Okay, so I stated already, how do we become a priest? Well, we become a priest when we've received Jesus Christ as the son of God and the resurrected king. But here's the question today. Here's where I'm going with this. And this is the essential question you got to answer. How do I act like a priest? This is what we're talking about today. And this is what God wants for us. How do we become the living stones that God is building his kingdom on? And this is important because next week I'm going to really talk about how to, be, how, to, how to live this out and serve in your context of work and home and community. But, but, but where, do, where does this start? How do I be, act like a priest? Well, here's the first one. And this one's the simple one, if you know what I mean. Number one, we've got to have a direct relationship with Jesus. 
I know it seems rudimentary, but the reality is, is you've got to have a direct relationship with Jesus Christ. A direct, because that's what the priests did. They had a direct line of communication to God. If you, my friends, are going to act like a priest, well, then you've got to have a direct relationship with God, not a relationship through somebody else. Your relationship with God can be built built from somebody else's discipleship, but you need a direct relationship with Jesus. There's no median or go between. The veil has been torn. There's no excuse. Get to God and you can have as much of God as you want of God. You don't need Mary, Joseph, Christopher, Santa Claus, or anybody in between. Just go to God. Priests have a direct line. Use it through prayer, worship, scripture reading, and enjoy God. One of the places we learn to enjoy God is church. And then we go from church to the closet, church to the prayer closet. We enjoy him here, and then we take and we enjoy him there. All right, here's the second one, and, and this, is, this is really the practical aspect of it. How do we act like priests? Well, we worship God through serving. That's what priests did. Numbers 1, 53. But the Levites will camp around the tabernacle of the covenant to protect the community of Israel from the Lord's anger. The Levites are responsible to stand guard around the tabernacle. Now, I don't want to give a bunch of context for the Lord's anger, uh, but there's a lot there. You should read it for yourself. There is an anger connected to the holiness and breaking covenant and not trusting. But I, I don't want to get too much into that. I want you to focus on what the Levites, the priests were. They played a massive role in the people of God. The, the Levites sang the Psalms during temple services. They performed construction and maintenance for the temple. They served as guards. They performed other services. They were musicians. They set up the tent. They created an atmosphere with incense and smoke. Uh, all of this, they served as teachers and judges, maintaining cities of refuge during biblical times. They were descendants of Jacob's son, Levi, and they were selected to serve God in the holy temple. They were responsible for packing up, transporting, reconstruction of the temple, all of this stuff. And when the Israelites would go astray, like worshiping the golden calf, they wouldn't play a part in it. They're really the only tribe that wouldn't. These people were set apart. Come on, somebody. They were set apart, holy and righteous living their whole lives, their whole existence was to serve God's house. And that was their spiritual, spiritual act of worship with their bodies. Question for us today, if I'm a priest, am I acting like it? That's the essential question. Is my whole life dedicated to God's temple like the priests were? Is my whole life dedicated to building God's house like the priests were? Well, what's God's house? Well, we just discussed it. God's house is us. It's the inside of us. It's our soul. It's where God lives. It's our body. Our, our body deserves to be treated right. And then it's God's actual house. It's his people. It's his church. It's the institutionalization. It's the church. And it's also the people. If we're not serving those things, we're not acting like a priest. Their entire lives were dedicated to building God's house. What's your life dedicated to? Is your entire life dedicated to sports, to leisure, to making money? Is your entire life dedicated to pleasure, travel, trips? Is your entire life dedicated to romance, 
movies. I, I don't know. And the things that I mentioned aren't bad when they are in priority. There was really three main models of worship in scripture. There was adoration through song. There was making sacrifices. This was their form of giving, giving their best. And then there was serving with your body. True biblical worship is both exterior and interior. Worship, it, it was and is really a cultic ritual. It's, it's sacred. The Old Testament word for serving avad in Hebrew, it, you see it where there's many important figures in the Old Testament, and this is what they were. They were, they were serving Yahweh. They were serving God, and they were known as Yahweh's servants. Cultic service, if you will, the whole goal of it is to advance the socioeconomic and political agenda of the gods, or more specifically of Yahweh, their God, our one true God. In other words, all of their life, all the, all the life of the Levites, and really all of those who became people of God, their whole life was dedicated to serving with their body. We've gotten away from that. Why? Because what we do and what we are now uh, culturally is we're individualistic. We're not as communal. We don't worry as much when the community suffers. We worry when we suffer. And so, so all of this, God's whole idea was, hey, we, we don't want the community to suffer. Uh, we want to we suffer together. That, that's why the scriptures say, when one weeps, weep with them. When one laughs, laugh with them. And so all of it, man, the whole life committed to serving and advancing Yahweh's agenda, our God's agenda, is your life committed to advancing God's agenda? Or have you bought into other ideas and ideologies and other agendas that are contrary to God's ideas and his word? And what serving does, it, it helps us get God's ideas and his people first. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Uh, being an usher, being a stair checker, uh, uh, a chair stacker and a stair master and all the things. Let's try that again. Here's what I'm saying. Being an usher, stacking a chair, setting up at 6 a.m., creating an atmosphere, playing music, running sound, serving and hosting children, making coffee. All of it is cultic service unto our God. It's Romans 12. It's offering your body as a living sacrifice. God's, God's building his house on you, on your body. And look, the, the easiest, most obvious way to serve is on a block team. And there's a variety of ways, and you should do that. However, there are some who, because of their lifestyle, a Sunday opportunity, it, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily possible. And those are rare instances, but when they are, there are other ways to serve God. We've got ministry teams that meet in the week. We've got... Uh, elders and board. We, we, have, uh, we have marriage coaches. And one of the things that I, I would even mention is in the scriptures, there's a spiritual gift. We'll talk about spiritual gifts next week, but there's a spiritual gift of giving. Not, not returning, not tithing. That's returning what's God, but the spiritual gift of giving. This is radical above and beyond generosity and the ability to acquire and distribute resources to build the church. Some folks won't hold a door physically but they will open doors financially. So there's no excuse. If you are a 
priest, then you should act like one and that's serving God and building the house. See, the thing is, guys, is you can be a priest, believe in Jesus, but not act like a priest. And when you do that, you hurt the whole priesthood and you make the people of God suffer. In 1 Samuel 2, 12 and verse 13 and 17, Eli was Samuel's priest and he had sons. And the Bible says the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. So the sin of these young men were very serious in the Lord's sight for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. Friends, you are a priest if you call yourself a believer. But if you don't act like one, the whole community is suffering. It's leaving a bad name. When we are believers who don't serve, who don't serve our church, who don't serve our community, what we're doing is it's making other people suffer and people are not seeing the love that we are meant to show. Because how do they know us? They know us by our love, but love is not just, hey, I love you and I post on social media. Love is I get down on my knees and I wash your feet. I, I die on the cross. I, I serve you. As I close this message, I want to tell you a story of when I was about 15 years old. And I remember I was going to church. I was a priest, if you will, but I was also hanging out with my friends from school and from sports. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Absolutely not. Uh, it's a great opportunity to evangelize and, and reach them. However, I wasn't acting any different. I, I, was, I, was, I was named a priest. I was, I was a son of God, but, but I, wasn't, I wasn't acting like one. And, and so there was no difference in my life. And I had some, some people in our church who gave me a prophetic warning and said, son, if you don't get off your butt and do something, you're going to end up on your face without God. And I took that to heart. And it was at that moment I got involved. I started serving. It, it, it became essential for my life. I, I moved from just being a priest to acting like one. And, and I didn't lose relationship with those people. In fact, I think over time it even strengthened those relationships with them. But it did draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this is who I am now. I, I think the point that I'm making is 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 Serving changed me. I, I moved from just being a priest to acting like one. And when I was building God's house, God started to build me. And it's the same truth for you. It's like when we get off our butt and we start doing something from God, something happens on the inside of us. No longer are we just consumers and no longer are we just spectators, but we are participants. We are priests. And that's what you're called to. And so before the LPs uh, take it over, uh, I want to share with you these two short stories that are encourage you because serving is essential. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.